Hey everyone, Bob WP, and we are here with another episode, episode 53 of Do The Woo Podcast, where we talk with really cool peeps in the WooCommerce community. And we also have great peeps as co-hosts too. I should mention that as well. And I have joining me today that that wonderful, amazing, hoping that he doesn't get swept up by a tornado, Mendel Curlin. Hey, Bob. I'm, I'm hoping I don't get uh, hoping I don't get swept up too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're keeping our fingers crossed. So um, um, we will. We I'm I'm sure you know at least I will. You'll be here through the podcast, and then you. That's can right. Play. And if I'm not, I'll hold on as long as I can. So okay, uh, okay. <laughs> well, before I introduce our guests, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, WooCommerce.com. You can always go there, check out everything they have going on. Also, check out their Slack channel. There's a lot of stuff there that you can get involved with conversation, learn stuff going on in Core. They have a chat every once in a while on there around Core. Good stuff. Then there's QuickBooks Sync for WooCommerce by MyWorks. Uh, if you use QuickBooks and WooCommerce, you're going to save a lot of headaches because this is a two-way syncing platform that will actually, um, yeah, it'll it'll save you a ton of time. And WP Security Audit Log. You want to know why things went a little bit sideways on your store? You can see what your shop owner or actually, I should say, your shop manager's been up to and maybe see if something went a little wonky there along the way. So thank our sponsors and our guest today. Uh, I've known him for a while in the WooCommerce space. Uh, He has both an agency and a great plug-in out there. Cliff Griffin. Cliff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me here. We always start with the amazing question of how do you do the woo? And that basically is an opportunity for you to tell us what you do with WooCommerce. Sure. Um, So the main thing I do with WooCommerce is a um, plugin called Checkout WC. And uh, Checkout WC essentially replaces your checkout page with a Shopify style checkout. Um, So multi-step, collecting information, in a single domain of knowledge and really just trying to automate as much as possible and give people this nice cathartic experience of completing something um, and try to maximize conversions. How did you get to WooCommerce? Uh, uh, we always love to hear the the trip there or the journey or the, I, I, I won't use the word struggle, but there's always some <laughs> way you end up on WooCommerce. And I know you have an agency too. So can you kind of tell us the story behind that? Sure. Uh, So my history um, in e-commerce in general uh, started in around 2011 with a plugin called Shop, uh, Shop with two Ps. Uh, That was kind of the probably the first um, serious effort at e-commerce within uh, WordPress. I think WP e-commerce may have come out a little bit before it, but um, it was really a developer focused plugin. And so I kind of went all in. Um, I was working full time for a company that uh, had a big e-commerce site. And uh, so I got really deep into customizing e-commerce at that point. Um, But as many plugins did, uh, WooCommerce came on the scene and just shook everything up. And uh, eventually, I think the the pressure of uh, 
this plugin has millions of installs. Um, they just won out in the end. But um, along the way, I just kind of got an itch to uh, just make things better, to not take default experiences, um, to try to customize everything to be specific to the store we were working on and what those customers needed to maximize their conversion. So uh, about four years ago, I decided that I really wanted to take what we had done for shop um, for one of our clients, which was essentially a Shopify style checkout and bring it to WooCommerce for everybody. Um, so I kind of shopped it around at uh, uh, the at Word, uh, what is it? WordCamp, uh, the national one. No, U.S., that, that thing there. Yeah, yeah. WordCamp U.S., <laughs> yeah, in Philadelphia. Sorry, couldn't think of it. Uh, shopped it around to uh, Brian Krogsgaard and a few other people um, in the after party, just like, hey, what do you guys think of this? Does it sound like a good idea? And a couple of people told me it sounds like a great idea. You need to get started now because uh, this idea is not going to stay out there forever. Um, so we started and uh, took two years uh, to launch, as these things sometimes do. And uh, yeah, since then, I've, I've gotten really deep in. It was kind of something we used here and there for uh, client projects, but I, I really had no idea what I didn't know at that point. And it's, it's amazing to me how big the ecosystem is. Yeah, what what's surprising to me um, is that it's it's such a simple concept, right? Um, but something that so many store owners uh, don't do well, um, it, just because they're using the default um, checkout process. Um, and there's there's a lot in the default checkout process that just um, isn't optimized uh, for every customer to to exit after purchasing. So I'm curious if you can, uh, you know, a, a lot of people have um, questions. Should I do a single page checkout? Should I do um, two steps, three steps? Um, what makes Checkout WC in particular kind of um, a little more interesting, um, helps it convert better for customers um, rather than, you know, a one page checkout or, or a two step checkout or something like that? What What's, what's a, give us a secret sauce because sure. we know that you already have it um, and, and <laughs> you're going to charge people for it anyway. So it's it's cool. That's right. Uh, yeah, I think that um, if you look at the research, um, it's pretty mixed on um, whether a single page or a multi-step checkout page is ideal. I think it really is situational and not all multi-steps are equivalent and not all single pages are equivalent. So I think, um, you know, if you're really focused on reducing friction, um, that should be your ultimate goal. And if you just have a digital product that doesn't have any shipping address or shipping options, then maybe a one-page checkout is going to make sense for you. Um, what we really connected to when we first saw Shopify's checkout a few years ago is the logical sequence um, that it keeps you kind of focused on one bit of information at a time. So the first thing it asks you for is your shipping address. You know, So there's no question of like, is this the same address that's on my credit card? Um, you know, things like that. Um, and then the next step is very logical after that. It asks you for your shipping method, uh, which how do you want to get the package? Um, and what we've done is tried to take that and take it a little bit further. Um, so we have things like um, just our base level service um, has at zip autocomplete. So we, instead of asking for, um, you know, city, state, zip, or yeah, city, state, zip, 
we ask for country, zip, state, and city so that when you enter in your zip code, it'll instantly fill in um, your city and state based on that lookup. Um, so we really look for opportunities to kind of um, take things that customers have to do that are kind of manual and boring and say, well, can we do this for them and do it if we can? Um, the other example of that would be, um, I think a big problem smaller retailers have is that they want their customers to have accounts, but customers are often not frequently buying from your site. So they don't really remember if they had an account last time. Um, so what we do is when you type in your email address, uh, we do a quick lookup to see if you have an account. And if you do, then we show the login fields. And if you don't have an account, then we automatically check the create account checkbox for you. Um, and along with that, we strongly encourage people to use the auto-generated passwords. Um, you know, there's no reason to slow someone down during a checkout by asking them to come up with another password. I, I like that, that it's uh, a lot more nuanced than just, is it going to be a uh, one-page checkout, two-page checkout? you know, three-step yeah. checkout, uh, there's, there's more nuance, uh, nuance and there's more that you're doing there um, to help people out. I, I think in a world where people are using Amazon and things are, you know, pre-filled um, or using, you know, target.com or whatever it is, right? Um, or Instacart nowadays. Um, if you're using any of those services, you're accustomed to just logging in, having all of your information there. And so anything that, that you can do to help people connect um, their information very quickly to that site and move on. Um, I think that's, I think that's super awesome and super helpful to get somebody, uh, out the other side with the sale. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like you said, it, it's not rocket science. Um, it's not even very sexy, most of the details, but, um, I think that e-commerce is really hard because of the number of use cases it has to cover. And so, you know, when you look at the standard checkout page, um, they're really just focused on something that's sort of bulletproof um, that will work for everyone. And the downside is it's not customized or tailored to work really well for any particular type of business. Um, so that's really our challenge. Um, I think our process is optimized for stores that ship products more than digital products. Um, it does work with digital products becomes a two-step checkout um, because you obviously don't need a shipping option um, step there. Um, but we're also looking in the future of like, okay, well, what if we embrace sort of the digital side? Uh, maybe it becomes a one-page checkout at that level. Um, so we're just always looking for opportunities like that to um, reduce friction um, just create a, I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever had an e-commerce experience where you just kind of feel pulled along by the gravity of the site. It's just, everything just makes you want to move to the next step. It makes you feel like, um, you're kind of just along for a ride. And I think that, you know, feeling comes from good design and also just an intuitive process where you, you just don't feel like you have to think. So that's always what we're striving for as we make um, design decisions around the product. This episode is brought to you by MyWorks QuickBooks Sync for WooCommerce integration. Now, if you use QuickBooks for your accounting, I, I gotta say this is a route to go. This integration fills in those missing holes for you to sync all your sales 
customers and payment data to QuickBooks to streamline your accounting. Plus, it also syncs inventory and products both ways on both platforms. When using MyWorkSync, it takes care of that data entry that would otherwise take hours to input manually. And whether that's you doing it or your accountant doing it, you are going to save tons of time on that. It's compatible with QuickBooks Online, Desktop Pro, Premier, and Enterprise, and Point of Sale. In a nutshell, this will make your accounting effortless and save you tons of time. It also gives you the needed accuracy in your accounting that we all know is very important and critical. And it's easy to set up and use. So keep on top of one of the most important pieces of your WooCommerce shop. Go to myworks.software and you'll find it under their integrations or you can download it directly from the WooCommerce.com marketplace. And now back to our conversation. Yeah, obviously from both the product and the client side of things, the user experience is important to you. and You do spend quite a bit of time with that uh, in research. Uh, going back to what you mentioned about scratching an itch, and I know that a lot of our guests that do products uh, have this same uh, story, and it sounds as if that came out of a need from your client. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, not every client has the budget to really go deep the way my brain might want to um, on that stuff. Um, it really, that itch came out of um, working with a bigger brand that wanted to um, go deep. And it allowed us to really think through every step of the whole process and um, to research the kind of pros and cons of different strategies. And so, um, you know, we're never done. Uh, e-commerce changes all the time. Um, WooCommerce changes all the time. All the add-ons change all the time. So it's kind of a, a whack-a-mole process in some ways. But, um, you know, we started out at the beginning, we just decided um, we weren't going to kind of uh, try to get out of that or take any shortcuts that we were going to really make a good faith effort to work with every single add-on that we could make it work for. Um, and also try to obviously not blow our plug in and slow it down um, as part of that. So, um, it's, it's been a good experience on the development side of just seeing, um, how fewer and fewer of the requests that come in are, Hey, I had this add on that doesn't work with your plugin. Um, and it's more, um, experiential things like how can I, you know, change these colors or add things to the page. And I think that because we've kind of hit a good point of parity with that native checkout experience as different as they are, we've managed to kind of create a compatible interface between the two so that most plugins um, think that they're on the normal checkout page and just work the same. Um, so we don't have to have tons of glue code or uh, things to make it work. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, since you have such a popular plugin um, and you're spending a lot of time working on other people's sites, um, with with the agency, what what sorts of um, obstacles have you come up against with um, the new way that WordPress is architecting itself? Some of the new changes, Gutenberg, um, just uh, different realities or paradigms that uh, exist now um, within WordPress that didn't exist, you know, two years ago. Yeah, you know, it's uh, funny. We have mostly avoided. Um, like compatibility issues because we 
are very opinionated. Uh, you just kind of activate it. And once the checkout page loads, um, we kind of intercept the whole thing at the, like the template load hook and just substitute our own markup. And then we call some of the same actions that are in WordPress core, things like that. So um, really there's no place that it touches Gutenberg. Um, you know, it doesn't really interact with the WooCommerce block system, um, you know, with as far as Gutenberg. So, so far we've totally been able to kind of side skirt that and we haven't had any really huge issues. I mean, we do have things where they'll change like uh, their localization scripts took forever to get working properly because they wrote it to work on a page that has the billing address first, not the shipping address. So we kind of had to like just hammer at it. Um, and we got to the point where we can load their localization scripts, you know, as far as like when you select a country, it populates the States and all that stuff. So um, it's kind of a poor answer, but we signed kind of been able to skip the whole pain. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, I guess my follow-up to that is uh, what changes or um, trends have you seen in just the e-commerce space in general um, as people, um, as people, you know, create more stores as WooCommerce gains, even more popularity as the platform begins that um, slow walk towards um, maturity uh, mm-hmm. and all of that. What, what are you noticing in, in that way? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't, I don't know that I have seen any surprising trends exactly in terms of how people are selling. Um, but what I am really amazed by is just, the type of customer um, that WooCommerce has. Um, They're primarily not developers. Um, They may have hired a developer to help them, but many of them are just setting it up themselves. Um, They may have been on Shopify or a platform like that and had some challenges. Um, We have a ton of CBD stores (laughs) because Shopify uh, makes it hard to sell CBD products. And um, so we, we see a lot of people coming over and they're kind of, goal is to not have to build custom things. And so, um, and a lot of them say, you know, we loved our Shopify store. We can't use it anymore. This is exactly what we're looking for. Um, something that had parity on that user experience level. Um, you know, as far as trends in functionality, I think we're seeing a lot more interest in those express checkout options, um, whether it's Apple pay or Google pay, PayPal, Um, the ability to kind of skip the whole process, um, you know, and that does leverage some of those things that Amazon has by default, which is, you know, decades of people storing their information in their system. So you never, it's almost too easy to buy something on Amazon. Um, so I think things like Apple pay and Google pay are becoming more popular. Um, they're really starting to become accepted as not just as kind of, uh, Get, you know, get, uh, gizmo that Apple made that maybe or may or may not be around for the long term. Now it's kind of becoming like it's a absolute requirement. Um, and I get it. I, I use it every time it's available. Um, it's a way faster way to check out uh, no matter what store you're on. One of the things we wanted to talk about, we were going to move it to announcements, but I wanted to pull it in here because of your recent update. You have quite a major update. I see this is a the biggest one you've had since 2018, or I, I think mm-hmm. that's uh, that's correct. Yeah. Tell us a bit about what is new in the update. And also, maybe we can touch a little bit back on 
blocks because I know that one of the future, uh, what you would be looking at future-wise going down the road is how these blocks, you've already talked a little bit about how you're not having to touch that part of it, but how that might kind of, or how you foresee it playing a role uh, down the road. So first, let's start with what's, what's, tell us about the new update. Sure. Um, so uh, 3.0 is the latest version that we released. And um, it was really an effort to kind of synthesize everything we learned from the day we launched it um, until now. Um, so, you know, we thought we had a handle on the WooCommerce ecosystem when we launched in 2018. We definitely did not. Um, there were, you know, I, I remember I posted a really dorky poll on Twitter um, when we were building the plugin. I said, you know, what uh, gateways do you guys use? And I just kind of had PayPal, Stripe, Authorize.net, you know, because these are the gateways that my clients generally use. I had no idea. There are literally hundreds of gateways um, out there, and none of them are especially popular. If you're like to make a pie chart, it would just be a rainbow. Um, you know, so we thought, well, most people just have Stripe, and so we'll just focus on that initially. Um, but, uh, you know, so we'll, all that we learned and having to painfully adjust our system to work with so many different add-ons and plugins, um, we realized that we had just done some things in a pretty inefficient way, um, especially a way around the way that we template. Um, like our templates were really verbose and to create any small change, you basically had to kind of create your own child template and then make changes, but then you were kind of missing out on any fixes we made to those templates. Um, so we kind of started from scratch on the template system. Um, you know, another thing we haven't talked about, um, but we um, support what we call cart editing, which really allows your checkout page to kind of be your cart page. Um, so you can adjust quantities, you can remove items, um, things like that. Um, so we totally rethought how that works. Um, we have like a stepper now for quantity um, where we had this kind of strange process before where it was like a drop down and you kind of pick your quantity or you can enter in a custom quantity. But we realized all that stuff was just too much. And the simple minus and plus incremental buttons were all we needed there. Um, you know, so we're just, uh, it really gave us a chance to kind of step back and say, okay, if we were going to start from scratch, how would we have done this? And then, you know, I started a new Git branch and just started hammering away at it, completely expecting to break everything so badly, I would just get depressed and revert. But we managed to fight our way through, and um, I really think it's a lot more solid. Um, you know, what you mentioned the blocks, and really what that's what we're trying to figure out right now is it's been a constant request, especially as our customer changes over time. Um, I think earlier, you had those early adopters that are sort of like strangely willing to just try things that are completely untested. Um, they're way more forgiving than your average customer. And they also were more developer minded than our average customer. Um, so to give them a little action hook that outputs some HTML, that wasn't, you know, intimidating to them. Um, so what we're doing now is looking at, okay, well, how can someone who doesn't know how to code at all, use our system. So, you know, the first thing we did in 3.0 is we just took a lot of our snippets. I just went through our entire knowledge base and everywhere we had a snippet, I said, okay, should this be an option? Like, is this being used so much that we should just 
formally bring it in as like an option. So uh, we did that for probably five or 10 different common use cases. And then the, the itch we're still need to scratch um, that I think is really going to help um, us keep some customers that we might be losing right now is, you know, how do people put custom blocks onto their um, checkout page? Um, things like badges or like free shipping prompts, like a you've seen probably on some sites, it has like a, you know, spend 50 more dollars to get free shipping. Um, and it's like a little progress bar. So we want to kind of have like a library of those things um, where you can add your trust badges and it's pre-designed and you just have to tweak some things. Um, we want to leverage what's happening in the WordPress space at large and what's happening with commerce. Uh, but we want to do it in a way that makes sense for our customers. So right now I'd say we're still in evaluation phase. Um, you know, Gutenberg is becoming more popular over time. Um, it definitely has some rough edges that I'm reminded of every time I personally use it. Um, but I think that that may be the right approach because you have the ability to have these kind of modules that are um, feel kind of magical when you're using them um, that you can copy and paste and you don't have to really worry about kind of what's the underlying data source. It just kind of magically wires everything up. So that's kind of where we're at now um, is just exploring because we don't want to commit um, in a way that, you know, and then we're, we kind of have legacy technical debt that we have to like maintain forever. Um, we want to kind of solve it in the simplest way we can. This episode is brought to you by WP Security Audit Log. We all know the importance of your WooCommerce store and security. And when you keep track of everything through logs, the end product is security, but having those logs for your store is so much more. They're comprehensive activity logs that you can use with WooCommerce keeps you on top of what is going on with your shop managers and your team. You'll be able to monitor and record when they make changes to products, orders, and coupons. And notably, it will help you with your store compliances. They make it easy to troubleshoot if there's something going on. In fact, you'll be able to configure emails and instant SMS notifications to get alerted of critical changes. Want to take that step further? You'll see who is logged in and what changes are being made in real time. And if needed, you can manage, limit, block, and even terminate any user sessions. This is perfect for memberships or subscription sites as it can help you control limitations to single user access. There's a number of reports you can generate from the activity logs, and in a nutshell, you can stay on top of it all. What is going on and when. From that, your site will benefit from the added security. So keep safe and secure and check out what they have to offer over at wpsecurityauditlogit.com. Now let's head on back to the show. One of the things that I was going to bring up was also an announcement was uh, WooCommerce 4.1 that came out and made me think when you were talking payment gateways, one of the things they've done is they haven't necessarily... Put it in core is a WooCommerce payments, their new mm -hmm. payment gateway. And it's through the wizard when you're installing it, actually now asks if you want to install it. So I went through that process and it was surprisingly easy through the wizard. I mean, compared to going and getting your Stripe API and all these keys and everything and putting it in. And it was 
really seamless. The thing was, is if you had a Stripe, if you had Stripe already as a payment gateway, then you had two options for Stripe on your checkout page. So you have to choose. So there's, there's still some things to work out there as far as uh, knowing what to expect. But I think it's primarily aimed for the new WooCommerce user or store owner because it's part of the wizard. It being a Stripe, essentially a Stripe payment gateway, and you said that at some point you had to start adding these gateways, and it was like a lot of fun, basically. Have you kind of been on the edge of that or prepared for that, or is that really an issue because they're actually based on Stripe already? Yeah, you know, we haven't really messed around with it yet, um, partly because I knew it was based on Stripe and I assumed that the code would be very similar other than, you know, their novel approach of kind of um, actually having sort of the merchant dashboard be in the WooCommerce dashboard. That's really interesting. Um, So we haven't really looked at that, though. You know, I've seen the same thing in Shopify now. Now it has like essentially a white labeled, I think it's Stripe, um, same kind of deal. And, you know, we're kind of thinking about that too. You know, we have um, at this point like 1,300 plus sites running Checkout WC, um, you know, which a lot of those are multi-site licenses. Um, So it's not, we don't have quite that many subscriptions, but, you know, the question kind of becomes, well, are there things that we can do sort of across the board to provide a service? you know, one of the pain points we've had is just PayPal. Um, the way the express checkout works um, can be kind of onerous and buggy, and there are a million different options out there. Um, you know, so we are starting to ask ourselves, would it make sense from a business perspective and also just making this easier for our customers to potentially have our own PayPal implementation, um, you know, become a PayPal partner? So, uh, which I think is the same kind of thing WooCommerce is doing. Although, you know, they got 4 million stores. I'm sure they're going to make a killing off of this, uh, the ease of it. You know, the fact that it is kind of all the setup happens right in the dashboard. Um, but also those, you know, payment fees are going to be considerable. So, yeah, we, we try to keep an eye on it. Um, you know, we know it's not an ecosystem we have a large amount of control over, but it seems like they're they're headed in the right direction right now. Mendel, have you had a chance to look at anything with 4.1 or anything? Um... Yeah, we've ge- we've generally been uh, been testing. Um, I'm uh, I'm working on playing around with um, some of the uh, intricate bugs, which I won't mention here. Um, but intricate bugs with how um, uh, WooCommerce and uh, certain plugins are interacting, um, and uh, and so trying to chase some of that stuff down. Uh, but m- mostly, uh, I think the direction that WooCommerce is going in is, is good. Um, I, I think it's a little awkward when you set up a new site um, with the, uh, I know this is going back uh, a little bit, but the MaxMind integration and, and um, popping up something for new users saying, hey, put in your information when you're like, what? I don't even know what this is. What are you, you, know, what are you talking about? But, um, but uh, no, generally, uh, just happy with the direction things are going in. I think it's cool to see um, some of the advanced reporting features and things like that in 4.0 become part of core. I know that's kind of uh, something that people are um, stressed out about. Um, I don't love uh, when reporting features are run 
um, uh, all at once on a server that might have uh, difficulty in the first place, uh, shared hosting and things like that. But um, but they're also keeping that stuff in mind um, uh, with you know uh, new queuing systems and things like that. So um, so all good. Dig the direction is going in and uh, haven't played with a ton of 4.1 specific features beyond um, just making sure that uh, everything's working well um, on our platform. So cool. And I just update and um, let all all the plugin developers and hosting companies deal with all that stuff. So I just um, that that's that's the extent of my 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 testing is update and move ahead and thank you if things don't break. I, that's the way I feel about it too. I'm I'm uh, helping with some like advanced migrations and stuff like that uh, at at Nexus, and um, and you know I'll run into a bug and people are like, "You're the WooCommerce expert," and I'm like, "Hey, listen, there's somebody that is smarter than I am in all domains, right? Um, I I mean, my therapist is smarter about me than I am, right? So like everybody has somebody that is smarter than them." Um, and so, yeah, I just go and talk to the, the expert experts, right? The experts for the experts. So, yep. And that's why I have this podcast because I can basically, uh, bring on experts and become an expert by osmosis. So, so it's all good. That's right. Well, I know that you have one more announcement, Mendel, uh, something kind of woo based, but maybe not really. Yeah, it is. It is a little wooey. Actually, I I did um, experience uh, a WooCommerce 4.1 experience as I was uh, creating this site. And that is I um, got to play around with a new setup wizard, which um, which I thought was decent. It was good. Um, it, it terrified me at one point because I almost clicked continue on installing a bunch of plugins. Um, but anyway, the project is called cheeryface.com. And, um, you know, a lot of us are wearing masks, whether or not you, uh, are on the side of wearing masks or not wearing masks. Um, I, uh, I have bad allergies. So when I mow the lawn, um, I like to put something over my, my mouth and my nose um, to keep some of the big particles of grass from getting in my my nose. So anyway, um, I created this website and uh, it just has a bunch of fun face coverings. Um, I've been out in public and seen a lot of people with these like dull black, you know, uh, face coverings. It kind of makes everybody look like they're just very somber and, and sad. And so I wanted to brighten things up a little bit. Um, if we're going to do this thing, let's do it right. So, um, so I created the site and I'm releasing new designs, uh, every so often and, um, also taking uh, custom design orders. So I've done a few custom, uh, dogs and cats for, uh, for friends, colleagues and, and random internet users. And so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's called cheeryface.com. Cool. Well, Mendel's new empire. We'll put that link in and, um, yeah. You yeah. I'm not getting rich off this people. Yeah, I'm not getting yeah. rich. <laughs> <laughs> the margins are slim. Yeah. I bet. Especially if you're doing customs though. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been excellent. I'm going to, um, have Mendel close out. Um, uh, cool. 
get all this wrapped up in a nice tidy bow there. I'm hope he's all set for that, right? I'm always set for it, Bob. Hey, <laughs> I wanted to once again thank our our uh, sponsors, QuickBooks Sync for WooCommerce, WooCommerce.com. You can't forget about WooCommerce.com um, and uh, WPSecurityAuditLog.com. And uh, while we're at it, I also want to ask Cliff. I feel we were calling you Cliff because I barely know you, but maybe <laughs> we're maybe we're closer now. Um, Cliff, can you tell people where to find you on the internet because they're going to want to know? Sure, uh, you can find me um, Cliff Griffin on Twitter, Facebook, things like that. Um, check out wc.com is the plugin site, and then if you're looking for our agency. It's objective.co. Um, I always struggle with how to spell this, but it's you can think of it as ob- objectiv.co or objective without the e.co. <laughs> yeah, and that those are the things you don't think about when you're naming a company, right? Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, I want to uh, encourage everybody to head on over to your favorite podcasting app, whether it's iTunes or Android's equivalent, I don't know, Play, uh, Android Play, and subscribe to Bob's podcast called Do the Woo. Uh, Sign up for the Woo News posts or podcasts. And of course, if you have the opportunity and you have a little extra change in your pocket, give it to Bob because Bob does a great job of uh, finding people to be on this podcast so it's interesting for you to listen to and also writing lots of great content. So become a friend of Do The Woo, and you can find all that over at bobwp.com. Cool. Was that good, Bob? Did it work? That is perfect. That is perfect. So we are good to go. Thanks, Mendel, and thanks, Cliff, for joining us today. Thank you, guys.